All Youth for Christ staff and volunteers are invited to attend the 2021 National Leadership Conference in downtown Indianapolis. The conference is happening live and in person September 9th through 12th. It'll be a time to gather as a family, be inspired, and grow closer to Jesus. Registration is open now with early bird pricing until March 31st. And this year, you can secure your spot with just a $25 deposit. Visit yf.cx nlc21 to register today. When it comes to fundraising and development, there is a lot to consider. That's why we are committed to coming alongside and supporting you in the work of raising resources for the kingdom mission you are leading at your local Youth for Christ chapter. In this podcast series, we're answering 20 questions to help you gain traction in planning and doing development locally. I'm your host, Nathan Jones, and I serve as the National Development Strategist for Youth for Christ USA, and you are listening to the podcast series, A Curious Approach to Fund Development. In their book, The Leadership Challenge, James Kozis and Barry Posner suggest what they call challenge the process. Here's what they say. Quote, challenge is the crucible for greatness. Every single personal best leadership case involved a change from the status quo, unquote. What if at YFC we challenged the process when it came to events? Could we not end up with an entire event system that is primarily based not on raising funds, but on strengthening relationships, trusting that where relationships exist, support and partnership will follow? On today's podcast, I'm joined by Vicki Thompson, who serves as the Development Director for Central Ohio YFC. As you will hear, Vicki's been in development for over three decades and consequently has a lot to teach us about leveraging events to strengthening relationships. Thank you for joining me on the podcast today as we dive into question number 15, what if we keep partner cultivation in view before, during, and after events? And question 16, how does follow-up from your events cultivate partner engagement? Vicki Thompson, thanks so much for carving time out to be with us today. So let's just jump into getting to know you a little bit. Tell us about how you ended up at YFC. What keeps you here? What do you do in your role? Well, thanks. I'm glad to be here. And I've been the development director for almost 22 years at Youth for Christ. And before that, I was the development director for 10 years for another faith-based nonprofit here in town. Uh, transitioned to YFC when I needed to, when I, we started our family and I needed to be part-time instead of full-time for a season. Uh, but I have over 30 years experience in development wow. and I feel like I'm still learning. So mm. I feel like uh, we always have to be a learner in this space because culture changes. The reason I stay here though, for this long at YFC and not, you know, maybe job hop like some might Uh, is because of my personal story. Um, I grew up as an inner city Chicago kid, um, poor, uh, single mom, teenage mom, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of uh, neglect and abuse in my history. And uh, in middle school, I had a teacher come alongside me and tell me that I was smart and tell me that my life could be different. I grew up with six siblings and, um, uh, you know, just because one person showed me that uh, I had different options than what I could see right in front of me, uh, it made all the 
difference in the world. Fast forward to where I am now of one of six kids. I'm the only one that graduated college of the six of us. Wow. I'm, the, I'm the only one to be married to the same person for nearly 30 years. Wow. I'm the only one not to have battle with some kind of substance abuse. Hmm. Uh, and I'm walking with the Lord. So um, the difference was somebody came alongside me and said, your life can be different. And I feel like that's exactly what we do at YFC. Wow. And so it keeps me engaged because I can be any one of those kids that we're serving today. So that's my heart for this mission. Wow, that's great. So uh, what are you doing these days in your role? Well, I have a team of about five of us that, uh, so I'm kind of supervising, but my main focus is uh, the top 20% of our hmm. donor base. I, I cultivate our major donors the most and then train my team to do the same with a segment that they have. So I have a, you know, um, a grants person, an events person, and a couple, a middle donor person, a legacy person, legacy giving person, and a uh, another major gifts person. So we have a pretty good team. Uh, and I know all that makes some folks jealous, but we've built that team slowly. Mm -hmm. You know, I was a team of one 21 years ago. And as mm -hmm. our mission has grown and as our funding has grown, and as we've developed many new dope major donors, I needed, I needed a team. That's great. So 30 years of experience, we can go in a lot of directions, but today's topic is events. And so yes. let's talk specifically about events and how we can leverage them, not just for raising money, but for cultivating and engaging partners. So yes. in the whole system of partner development, all the different components, many of which you just touched on, what role have you seen events play? Well, you know, I love a well-run event that raises lots of money, but, um, if it's not connected to the mission uh, and donor engagement where you're intentionally finding, winning, keeping and lifting donors, hmm. then it's just a, a social event. I would cut it. Yeah. <laughs> right? and, and I've scared people with that comment, but uh, I would cut it. My job isn't you know, to entertain people, but to identify future champions. And so it has to be relational. It has to be, they have to be mission centric versus transactional, come to my, um, you know, banquet and write a hundred dollar check. Um, I'm looking for the few people who want to carry this mission forward. So to me, events are important, but they're tools. They're not just, you know, they should not be transactional. That's beautiful. So, the, um, yeah, that picture of, we're not in the business of entertaining people, but we're we're called to an intentional process of, of drawing people into the mission. That's, that's beautiful. So let's look at the, the whole range of activities that happens, the multiple stages in events, uh, planning, inviting, execution of the event, follow-up. What thoughts or encouragement do you have around how we leverage each of these stages to ensure that partner cultivation is, is at the center? Well, um, I liked your list here of what you said, but I think you're missing one. I think okay. before planning and inviting, you need to ask, why the heck are we doing this event? Mm -hmm. is, it, um, is it connected to the mission? Is it just entertainment? Uh, or or um, 
you know, accomplishing your goal to find those new champions, right? So you yeah. need to ask a why question before you start planning. Uh, we have a lot of us do golf events, for instance, uh, where we have 25 foursomes and, uh, you know, so you get 100 people out for a golf event, but 75 of those people don't care about you. They're there to golf with their boss or a vendor. And uh, <laughs> so I want to focus on the 25. So we have a golf event that is 25 to 30 guys who, mm. and that event raises $140,000 with 25 guys because they are the champions who are inviting their folks to support them in that effort. One of those golfers is the CFO of Ohio Health, a very large healthcare provider here in Ohio. And he would tell you of the many golf events he gets to play in in the year, ours is his favorite. I have hmm. him on, you know, recording saying that video. Uh, and it's because, again, it's it's about helping him uh, invite people to participate in something he loves versus, you know, the other way around. And then, again, in your stages, follow-up is kick is critical. Again, if we work really hard and plan an event and don't do good follow-up, calling everybody, whether they wrote a check or not, to see, hey, thanks for coming. What'd you think? Um, do you have a heart to learn more about what we're doing? Uh, then it's just busy work, I think. Yeah. So if, you, if you skip follow-up uh, because you're just tired and the event's over and we all want to take a breath, to me, that's when the starting gun goes off uh, you know so many so many nuggets uh and directions i'd want to go if we had unlimited time because you're, you're hitting at the idea that we're if hearts aren't engaged and and we aren't cultivating the the deeper purpose and calling in people's lives through events and development at large then we're we're really missing something um i want to just call out your your comment about you you've you've created that experience for people who are both golfers but they're also doing it because of their heart and passion for yfc and um, one of the things i've done is i've gone through my portfolio and i've said what would be the thing that will move this person along in the journey with yfc Absolutely. and if i get to the end of that list and i don't have the word golf written next to anybody's name i shouldn't be doing a golf tournament but if we do, then we know that, okay, that's because it was that thing that was going to draw them closer to the mission. So right. um, that's important stuff to, to keep in mind. So what are some lessons learned that are going to help those listening today avoid some event tragedies and hardships? Sure. I think a lot of times we end up majoring in the minor things. You know, okay. we're worried about the centerpieces or <laughs> what the invitations look like or, you know, uh, the meal, you know. I want those things to, to not be a distraction at all. I serve at my mm. RV, the story, we serve the exact same meal every time. Mm. Um, keep everything just mission central as much as possible. And you wanna link uh, folks participation either as a guest or whatever, again, directly to the mission. They need to hear, I can make a difference in the life of a kid, not, mm. I can help YFC do their job better, but I can make a difference in the life of a teen by making a gift, coming on a tour, checking out being a volunteer. So uh, again, people should remember 
the message and try to see themselves in the gaps. If it's all about yeah. you, um, then I, you've had a missed opportunity. It's hard to get people out to events anymore. So when you have them, you have to tap into that passion of them trying to help young people. So people, Vicki and I are mixing Kool-Aid and we want you to drink the Kool-Aid. And this is the Kool-Aid <laughs> that if, if you aren't helping people understand that they are making a difference, uh, then we are missing the point. And this is our opportunity to, to, um, to set apart as, as an organization that empowers our giving partners to be the ones making a difference. Don't lose that. Okay, so you mentioned this, this term, be the story. We're gonna talk about see the story, be the story. But first of all, what is this thing? Okay, great. Um, the see the story, be the story model is just simply uh, a relationship building system, or I sometimes refer to it as a recipe of monthly tours that we do with folks to kind of put their toe in the water with us. And then those tours lead to an annual Be The Story fundraising event um, that again, identifies some new people uh, to be champions for you. But you have to do the whole system, the whole recipe. Otherwise, again, you're just out uh, running events and entertaining people and maybe moving their hearts a little bit, but they're not ready to be engaged with you. I, uh, and Nathan, you've heard me talk about this sometimes. I talk about a dating analogy with the see mm -hmm. the story, be the story model where the tour is the first date. And um, then the follow-up from that tour is date two. You mm -hmm. know, if at your tour, you say, I'm going to call you after this um, tour to see what you think and you never make that call well now we're liars or you know we're that you right. know college college boyfriend who <laughs> we walk away from yeah. right it's not you it's <laughs> yeah. me right exactly thank you nathan <laughs> anyway so the call you know the follow-up is you know thanks what'd you think yeah. do you see yourself being more engaged do you want another date and then the be the story when they come to that event a few months later, well, that's date three. Now they might be ready to say, you know what? I like this person and mm -hmm. I might want to continue dating. I might want to exclusively date or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. you know, moving out. They're not ready to get married, but they're ready to engage at a deeper level. So I use that dating analogy and YFC USA has, and Nathan with your leadership has put together some good resources for the see the story, be the story model that I encourage everyone, whether your chapter used to do this system or not, look at the new stuff and mm. uh, learn about, again, connecting the donor straight to the kid. That's great. Potential donor, yeah. Yeah, so for those that are either in the midst of, of kicking this off, you know, trying to, to work through it, or are considering a see the story, mm -hmm. be the story model, what advice would you have for any of those? Sure, and I get some calls from new uh, CECs, you know, the uh, um, engagement coordinators yeah. wanting to know how to do this. And uh, the first thing I tell them is you need a team hmm. uh, that, yes, you're going to probably lead the team, but you need a team with uh, a board member, staff person, you need, you know, and again, the resources from YFC USA, the playbook will help with this, but you need some volunteers on that team. 
I think it's a mistake for a new ED to hire this community engagement coordinator and then disengage, you know. Hmm. Um, and again, I'm not throwing EDs under the bus or anything there. But um, and then all staff have a role in the model, but it's just an inviting role. Uh, again, look at the playbook. Uh, we don't have yeah. enough time to go to, into it uh, in detail, but a couple key things, again, I'm gonna sound like a broken record. One is with your see the story tours or your be the story event, have a live testimony. Hmm. Uh, and sometimes that's a challenge, especially if you're doing them during the day, you wanna use video, you want somebody to read a story. You can use some of that occasionally, but you fight to have a live testimony because I'm going to guess after this interview with me, what you're going to probably remember most is that I was an inner city kid who grew up, you know, surrounded by abuse and neglect, right? Mm. And that I got out of that. You're going to remember that about me more than all this, you know, little tips and, and uh, mm. insight. Uh, so stories matter and stories told by kids matter. And then do the follow-up. Hmm. If you're not going to do the follow-up, don't do the tours. Don't do it. And I know some people would frown at my saying that. But again, if you're not going to do the second date, don't do the first. <laughs> <laughs> right. Amen. Okay. Oh, that's, so that's, that's powerful. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. And that's where we see so many events falter and lose gas is when that follow-up because we have 500 people into a, into a room and there's just not the capacity to do follow-up and and miss that investment opportunity that's that's wonderful so let's um let's zoom yeah, back we, out what yeah go ahead that we have between seven and eight hundred people at our be the story every year i call every single person my me and my team we call every single person whether they made a gift or not and you went into it with that plan. So you, yeah. you knew you were going to have to carve out that time afterwards. So you can do that with six, seven, eight hundred, fifteen hundred people if you have a plan. Right. Absolutely. Plan. plan it That's ahead. Great. Of yeah. That's great. So um, let's zoom back out uh, right. from Be This Story, See This Story specifically and look back at events in, in general. What are some of the metrics that you track to ensure that you're properly impacting your in cultivating engaging partners through events uh great question uh and i am uh labeled the queen of metrics on my team they okay sometimes uh uh i say if i can't measure it it doesn't count <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so there's lots of metrics around a lot of events and i i'm you hmm. know as much as i'm passionate about metrics i'm also you know, I don't want to be drowned in metrics. Right. So things that I measure to make sure that we're doing the find, win, keep and lift. Mm -hmm. uh, some key metrics. If you're not measuring these couple of things, then uh, rethink it. One is how many brand new participants do you have coming? Uh, at our, for example, our Be the Story, my goal is 250 new people in the room that have never been there before. Okay. Wow. Um, how many first time donors? Uh, so that's, you know, again, finding, winning, you know, mm -hmm. they've made a gift and not just at that event, but, you know, we only do a few, a couple events in the year, but how many first time donors? And then with the new, um, with the Be the Story specifically, again, I want to know how many new multi year um, donors I have. So maybe somebody has been giving me. 
$500 a year regularly, but at the be the story, they make the first decision to give $1,000 a year for five years. Well, mm -hmm. they've just lifted themselves and yeah. deepened their commitment because they're saying, I'm going to, I care enough and I feel engaged enough that I'm, I'm, you can count on me for the next five years. So um, again, brand new participants so that we're not holding the same banquet for the same 400 mm -hmm. people, uh, first time donors and new multi-year donors. And it, a multi-year donor doesn't, you know, our, our threshold is a thousand dollars a year for five years, but I have some people who come in and say, I'm going to do $10 a month for five years. That's yeah. a, win. that's a, you know, that's somebody yeah. who's saying I'm here. I'm, I'm a champion. So you, you mentioned 250 was your goal for new, uh, yes. new people. And so that's about a third ish, a little more than, yeah, um, yeah. do you have a similar target for each of the other two categories as far as new givers or, um, those that have lifted? Yeah. If not, that's okay. I'm just curious. No, I do. I do. Uh, for yeah. a new multi-year gifts, mm -hmm. my goal is 10% of the, okay. people in the room. So if I have, um, 700 and 700 people, I want mm -hmm. 35 new gifts because, you know, two people, rep you know, family represents. Okay. Them. Yeah. Um, so at least 35 first time multi-year gifts. Okay. And then uh, first time donors, I don't have a metric for that. Uh, that yeah. I haven't set that. Uh, but if I'm hitting the other two, you know, I usually have, uh, I can look at my sheet, probably, uh, 20% of the room are first. Okay. Sometimes the new first time major donors are also first time donors. So wow. that's somebody who's been cultivated well, yeah. uh, have, have gone on several dates or they have mm -hmm. uh, uh, more resources than the average. And it's not a threat to jump in at a $5,000. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's great. All right. So as we're zeroing in on our final approach, what are a couple of things that those listening today can do in the next week to start to apply some of this? Yeah, I think, um, again, you said step back and look yeah. at the overall picture. I think you need to have a development strategy, mm -hmm. um, not just keep turning the crank, but step back. How, what is your process to find, win, keep, lift? How do events fit into that? to help you, you know, be relational with those people who are starting to raise their hand and say, you know, pick me. Um, so I think that's very important. I think uh, uh, evaluating the why question with your events is really important. Um, you know, again, once you have the overall strategy, that kind of comes up automatically. So why are we doing a walk and an over the, you know, are we doing an over the edge event just because central Ohio makes a lot of money at that? And we want to try that. No, if it doesn't fit into your, into your strategy, don't do it. Don't do it yet until you can figure out a way to make that happen. Um, I would take advantage. Please start uh, engaging with the resources that Nathan mm. and his team have put together. When I came on staff 21 years ago, there wasn't a lot of stuff uh, available. And uh, hmm. I, you know, the national office couldn't help me. And that wasn't an intentional thing. But, <laughs> mm -hmm. but I'm like, Oh, wow, they just didn't have the capacity, or the focus. Well, now I feel like they do. And for new EDs, new development people, new engagement coordinators, 
There's some really good stuff there. In hmm. fact, on the wiki site, if it still exists, I wrote a paper about how to evaluate your why. <laughs> well, that's excellent. So that's there. And of course, all the see the story, be the story stuff, yeah. podcast that Nathan's doing. And the last plug I'll give you is uh, I know uh, we talk about some good books uh, that mm -hmm. Gary Hogue has written and stuff like that. I make, when somebody reaches out to me and wants to talk to me about development um, strategy, I'm happy to, to talk to folks in the, in the movement. But one of the first assignments I give them is, have you read the playbook? And have you read this book called Coaching Your Champions? Mm. Which, uh, and I have it in a PDF uh, and I send it to people. It helps you get your mind around the um, developing champions so mm. that um, you, are, you can do multiplication versus addition in this yeah. work, so. That's beautiful. I'll put a plug in in April for those that are listening before April. So this is dating this episode. Um, I'll be do hosting a four-part intro to development where we'll touch on the see the story, be the story. We'll talk about development planning. If you're new or you've got questions, I'd invite you to join that. Email me at njones at yfc.net and we'll get you signed up for that. Vicki, that was uh, wonderful. Any final advice uh, you would offer to those listening today? Um, I think it's really important uh, to be dependent on the Lord in this work. Hmm. Uh, we can't take credit when our finances are really in good shape, which is not always the case, hardly the case, right? So uh, you will burn out if, if your identity is tied to how well or how poorly the bottom line is. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's not, we don't get credit when things are good. We don't have to beat ourselves up if things are bad, as long as we're doing, executing the strategy and being a good steward of our time and celebrating what, you know, I tell people sometimes my job is to push on this side of this mountain and keep pushing and pushing and doing my diligence to push on this mm -hmm. mountain. And then God picks it up and moves it. And then I go to the new place. And I, <laughs> so, <laughs> So that yeah. to me is important to remember. Otherwise, uh, you'll burn out and you won't last, hmm. you know, two years. years. Yeah, or, or 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Thank you, Vicki. Thank you for your time today. You're welcome. Happy to be here. What a packed interview. So much good stuff to consider for challenging the process of events. Don't forget to spend some time considering how to apply what Vicky suggests doing within the next seven days to begin laying a roadmap to implement some of this rich content. Ladies and gentlemen, we are nearing final approach in this series with just four questions left. Next time, major giving as we answer question number 17, how are you intentionally engaged with those who are providing major gift support? Thanks again for joining me, your host, Nathan Jones, on this podcast series, A Curious Approach to Fund Development.